98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch on a Friday. All of today's top sports stories in one place. Here, as always, is Aaron Maloney. Aaron? So the Arizona Cardinals are gearing up to face the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday for their second preseason game. One of the rooms that will have a lot of attention is the running backs room. And Cliff Kingsbury said yesterday that the depth chart behind Connor is still TBD. Yeah, still um, to be determined. All those guys have had really good camps, whether it's Daryl, Ward, Key, um, Eno, obviously we talked about him. And then TJ has done a nice job learning the system and taking advantage of his opportunities. So uh, excited to see how it plays out the next couple weeks and um, be some tough decisions to make. That was another room where we said, how many running backs are you keeping? Are you keeping four, five? I don't know. But are you looking at that running back room in preseason game number two in terms of who could make this roster and who will be backing up James Conner? It's funny. We didn't, neither one of us took any of them in fulcrum football. And Eno would normally be my number one pick. Um, I guess... The, the questions about, like, Eno, is, it's not, to me, is he going to make the team? It's it's where he's going to end up on the depth chart. But, it, yeah, I mean, at running back, if you can't, I can't imagine them keeping five running backs. Can no you? way. And you've no got, in, in Connor, Ingram, uh, Daryl Williams, Eno Benjamin, and uh, and Jonathan Ward, you've got five guys that, that could play for this team. Yes. So at least one of them is going to be gone here in, in, you know, whenever, a week. Yes. Um, there's no way in the world you're going to keep five running backs in a one-back offense. And this is a one-back offense. So they're going to keep four. And that fourth guy is going to be a special teams player, a very, very good special teams player. Eno Benjamin, he helps out on special teams. He's gotten much better. Jonathan Ward is a good special teams player right now. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. But they're not going to keep five backs. Cardinals late owner Bill Bidwell will be the 19th inductee into the team's ring of honor. The ceremony will take place during halftime of the of the Cardinals regular season opener against the Chiefs on September 11th. Here's Devon Kennard. I remember as soon as I signed here, you know, uh, Mr. Bill was extremely familiar with my father, you know, who played for this organization and and my dad knew, knew his dad and stuff. So so it's cool. You know, it's well uh, deserved and earned. And I'm sure I'm sure he should he should feel, you know, honored for that. Uh, you know, to be recognized in that way, but he deserves it for sure. Wolf, do you want to tell your Mr. B story? You know what? I absolutely loved uh, Mr. Bidwell. I loved Bill. Um, the year was 1988, of course. I was playing for the then Phoenix Cardinals, if you could imagine. And this happened so many times, I can't even remember. But there I am. I'm all greased up, ready to go. I got the eye black on. I'm spatted up. I got my pads on. I I, when I say pads, I'm talking about my pants. I don't have my shoulder pads on or my helmet on, obviously. I'm getting ready to go out and play a game. How many times I'd be grabbing my coffee, sitting down, listening to my Guns and Roses, 
And suddenly, as I was looking down to the ground, just focusing on what I was going to have to do, as I'm sitting there in front of my locker, focusing on the task at hand, I'd see the dress shoes suddenly (laughs) before my feet. And it was always Mr. B with a cup of coffee in his hand. I would just look up at him, and Mr. D would look at me, and he'd grin, and he'd walk away. And as he walked away, I could see his shoulders shaking (laughs) up and down as he walked away because he was just laughing at me as I was getting ready to go play. Can I just say this quickly? The year was 1988, and I was playing for the Phoenix Phoenix Cardinals. He wasn't very successful as an owner, but he was wildly successful as a man. And that, to me, is what matters the most. I mean, what did he tell you? If, like, do you need me to give you four? I'll give you two. What did he say? No, I I would say that all the time. I I said that to people. If you need two yards, I'll get you two yards. If you need four yards, I'll get you two yards. (laughs) And didn't Mr. B say that? You're right about that. Mr. B came up to me once and he said, have you ever gotten me four? Have you? (laughs) I said, no, Mr. B only got you two. But but to be fair, you told him you were going to get him two. That's exactly right. If you needed two, I'll get you two. If you need four, I'll get you two. <laughs> Zach Gallen struck out a career high 12 in seven and one thirds innings, extending his shutout streak and pitching the D backs past the Giants yesterday. Here's Gallen from Bickley and Murata this morning. But yeah, if I had to go off the top of my head, I'd say that's, that's, uh, if it's not one, it's up there. So I'd like to go back and, you know, find some other performances that, you know, maybe, um, are up there. But yeah, that I can remember, uh, that might be number one. Plus, Stone Garrett is the first D-backs player ever with three extra base hits in his first two games. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, when do you think the Diamondbacks will return to the playoffs? 2023, 2024, 2025, or beyond 2025? All right, so I, I'll say this. By 2024, for sure, I think they're a playoff team. I don't. I don't want to fall into the trap of like, okay, look at the progress from last year to this year. So just assume if we're probably going to win what like twenty five more games this year than last year. So let's just assume they're going to win twenty five more next year. It doesn't tend to work that way. I'm assuming there are going to be some growing pains. There are already yeah. right now, but I mean to take that next step. But I think I think possibly next year they could sneak in as a wild card. I do think two years from now they're in. You know, you're always going to have some blown save situations. You always are every year. It doesn't matter. But if the back end of their bullpen, if they just didn't blow as many saves... They'd be in a spot right now. They would be in a spot right now to compete. So why would you think that this team won't compete next year? For me, I I think they will. I think they're going to compete for a playoff spot next year. Doesn't mean they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're definitely going to compete next year. That, That won't shock me. If they had made the playoffs this year, even though they are a team that plays better under Lavello. it seems like when they don't have the high expectations or when they're going to surprise some people. If they had done it this year, that would have shocked me. And you're right, though. I mean, we kind of looked at the numbers yesterday. If they were getting just, like, decent closing They'd be maybe yeah. two games out of a playoff spot. Yeah, they'd no. be right there competing for a playoff spot with a bunch of young guys that, guess what, Basinonians? They're getting better. They're getting better. <laughs> They're getting better on a daily basis. Oh, yeah, this is 
Where's this going to end? I don't know, but I'm holding on, man. This is going to be a wild ride and a fun ride. So 39% say beyond 2025, 27% say 2024, 23% say 2023, and 11% say 2025. Yesterday, guys. Wait, so the most people said beyond 2025. Correct. Wow. I'll take that I, bet. Yeah. They'll be in the playoffs before 2026. So Thursday night football will look different this year. It'll be on Amazon. And yesterday, they released what the new theme for Thursday night football will be. Here it is. It's not coming. Michael's here with Kurt Herbstreet. We have an incredible schedule. You're not going to want to miss this new era of Thursday Night Football. Hey, Thursday Night Football is podcast! What do you guys think about that? Are you guys excited for Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet? That music makes me want to, like, take over Rome with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. I love Al. (laughs) Just want to say that. I love Al. Oh, my goodness, Al. I mean, I know that. Thank you, Luke. Thank you very much for that. That was for the listeners. Um, You don't get all hyped on those little jingles? It's a little anticlimactic, isn't it? Wolf wants tunnel time music. Like, Wolf wants Enter Sandman as their uh, Thursday Night Football Somebody play Filter, please. But not take a picture. Hey, man, nice shot. Ooh. I would assume take a picture is not intense enough for you from Filter. That's kind of like, hey, hey, look at us. We're taking a a walk. Hey, man, nice shot. You got to specify that. Play it. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. When we come back, Sunday is not going to be your typical preseason game. So what do the Cardinals need to do to pull off the win and end this weird Ravens winning streak? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. All right, our final show before preseason game number two. This is a weird one for me, Wolf, because I don't usually, like, preseason to me is, hey, it's exciting. You get to see, you know, the actual teams out there playing. I mean, you get to see the uniforms playing. You don't really get to see the teams, and that's not going to change this Sunday. We already know Kyler Murray's not playing. A lot of the starters are not playing. So you don't typically care about the outcome. But Baltimore, I just, I don't know what it is. I don't want Baltimore feeling that good about themselves, winning 21 straight preseason games, dating all the way back to 2016. Their last loss was the last preseason game of 2015. That's just such a weird stat that whether the Cardinals ultimately care what the final score is or not, whether you driving around ultimately care what the final score is or not, it doesn't help them in the regular season. Yeah. People will be talking about it on Monday because the Ravens, what they have done is an NFL record. Yeah, you know, that's why this preseason game number two for the Arizona Cardinals, I'm sorry, it's just not like other preseason games number two. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you, can read like into that. you can read into that if you want to. That's fine. I got no problem with that. I'm just telling you right now, this this has a different feel to it, man. It does. You've got a Sunday night game. That's really different right there. It's nationally televised, a Sunday night game for preseason game number two. 
That's number one. Number two, you already mentioned it. The Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since 2015. <laughs> you're trying to win preseason games, man, when you're 21 and 0 since 2015. Yeah, I don't think you accidentally do something 21 times in a row. You don't. You're not being accidental about that at all. You're trying to win games. Very interesting because you have a culture, and that culture is about winning and teaching your players. It's always important to win. Whenever you put the silks on, whenever you're actually in between the white lines for real, you're trying to win, and if you're not, what are you doing? That's their culture. Number three, one of the three most physical teams in the league, the Baltimore Ravens, await the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday night. So Trace McSorley today said he feels like the Ravens just take the preseason more seriously. Exactly what you were saying, Wolf. I think so. I mean, they, they treat it like, you know, you go out to win the game. Kind of that the old uh, quote, you play to win the game. You know, they, they treat it like that. Um, it's not just a preseason game for them. Um, you know, for the starters and, and guys that, they're veteran guys that aren't going to be playing. Um, I mean, they even get on some of the younger guys like, hey, th- this means something. Like, you got to go out, show out, win. Um, and they just kind of talk about winning, winning preseason over there. Uh, it's not just about getting reps and you know, trying to win a job, which obviously it is a part of, but they add that extra factor of, hey, we're going out there to win the game. You play to win the game. There it is, Herman. There it is. I had four reasons why this is totally different. Sunday night football, Ravens being 21-0, one of the three most physical teams in the league, the Baltimore Ravens. And then Trace McSorley, number four, right there. Those were the four reasons why I thought this was a much different game right here. It's got a different feel for being preseason game number two. Man, I love it for the Arizona Cardinals because this is going to be a battle in the box yeah. on both sides of the ball. It's uh, it, You don't typically have storylines. You don't really have storylines going into a preseason game. Or if you do, it's like, hey, did you hear Cliff Kingsbury say Antonio Hamilton just jumped ahead of Marco Wilson on the depth chart? I mean, really, Wolf, that should be the biggest storyline going into this game from the Cardinals side of things. Maybe ultimately it is. Zayvon Collins, certainly. Trace McSorley, can he make this team? It sounds like the the opening is there if he continues to play the way he has. Typically, you go into a game like this and you're like, <laughs> that's the best part of the song, they too. I don't, know, Trace I don't know how they cut it down like that. Uh, look, that's you. typically those are your storylines of what do you have going on internally. And if the Cardinals lose... I'm not going to come in here all sad on Monday. Oh, they lost a preseason game to the Ravens. But if they win, it's like it's one of those situations where you really have nothing to lose and everything to gain. If you win, you're the team that ended the longest preseason winning streak in NFL history. Which I'm sorry, I can't get fired up for. (laughs) I'm just being honest right now. I can't either, but but I would enjoy it. I'm not going to come in here, whether the Arizona Cardinals win or lose, and be moved by preseason game number two, unless there's something that happens on the field. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about you know what? Hey, whatever happens, happens. I'm not worried about winning or losing this game. I'm not. The Ravens are. There's no doubt about that, but I'm not. What I want to see, I want to see physical brothers. I want to see dudes going out and balling because here it comes, man. The Baltimore Ravens on both sides of the ball. This is a physical, physical team. Offensively, they're going to run the ball and they're going to do it in between the box. You ever hear the, the metaphor of lowering the plow? And hitting the gas, 
This is the team that lowers the plow and hits the gas, and they do it in a vertical way. They attack you not only by running the ball in between the tackles, but also attacking the middle of the field better than anybody else and using play action to do it. It's why they have so many tight ends, and they throw the ball so often over the middle of the field. It's also one of the reasons why Marquise Hollywood Brown is going to take off, I think, here, because he's playing with a quarterback that, I'm sorry, is much better at throwing the deep ball than Lamar Jackson. And that would be number five. After Trace McSorley, the fact that there's Marquise Hollywood Brown playing here for the Arizona Cardinals, even though he's not going to play. Yeah, you know, as you're talking, I, I, I can't get excited for the outcome either. I really can't. If you were ever in this, you know what? I feel like this puts the debate to rest. Is there ever a preseason game that you could get fired up for who wins or loses? If there ever was going to be that game, it is Sunday night. But because as you're talking, of the twenty-one and zero. Yeah, but yes. I mean, as as you're talking, like Hollywood's not going to play. Kyler's no. not going to play. No. The, the guys that that define your season are not going to play. If yes. you if you gave me two options, if you said, "Hey, the Cardinals could end Baltimore's NFL record twenty-one game preseason winning streak," or you could come in Monday feeling better about Zayvon Collins and yeah. Marco Wilson. Ding, ding. Option B, one hundred percent of the times, because I'm not worried about Marco Wilson, but last. Last year, he was the guy exceeding expectations. And now, if you're reading the tea leaves with Cliff, it almost feels like Marco Wilson maybe isn't living up to the expectations he set last year. It's still early. It's still just training camp. It's not like Marco Wilson's not going to make the team or that he's not going to play. But... I'd like to hear them say something good about him, or I'd like to see him make a big play on Sunday night, because right now it kind of feels like he's plateaued. See, I love this, uh, the fact that you said that, Luke, because honestly, it really is. That's what it's all about. Zayvon Collins, we had a fulcrum football earlier in this beautiful broadcast, and my first guy, even though Trey McBride was an excellent offering by you. That's who you wanted to take. I know, how jacked up I'd be. Zayvon Collins, man, in this game right here, because of the physicality of this game, because of the fact the Baltimore Ravens, especially when you're talking about the preseason. They're going to focus on dominating the line of scrimmage. They're going to focus on on running the ball in a north-south fashion. They're going to focus on that. It's going to be really, really physical. And that's exactly the game I want to see Zayvon Collins playing. At 6'4", 260 pounds, as a Mike Backer, that is hump! That is brilliant! That is that is hump! That is That is dog! That is, this is a game that I should shine in. That's why I want to see him. I, I want to see him ball out. He's going to get the opportunity to do it against one of the more physical, more predictable teams in the league. So I cannot wait to see Zaven first and foremost. Will Hernandez on the other side, flip it around, running the ball ourselves in between the tackles. Running the ball and doing it the way the Arizona Cardinals did in the first 10 weeks of the season, going into December, being the number five run rate team in the league, and then finishing number 12 by the end of the year in terms of run rate. I, I, this, is, uh, this is not your typical number two preseason game. This is going to be sweet, man. 
Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, kids can't wait. You can make a difference. It is triple match day all day. We are going for $2 million. That would be the record. Our give week for Phoenix Children's continues next with Katie's story. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The give for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Ok Chin Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station in the Arizona Sports app. give on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right, it is the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian Community Wolf. We're going to have a, uh, a final tote through our show next hour, but uh, this this being the top radio telethon for a children's hospital in the country, and I believe the all-time record is $1.9 million raised, and yeah. we are going for $2 million, and it ends today. It ends it ends this evening. Uh, we're going for $2 million, and that's... Wow. I don't have the numbers yet, obviously, but uh, but that's certainly in play, partially because today is a triple match. Yeah, that's, you know, once again, you cannot overstate that right there. Yes, $2 million is our goal. Um, it's still a question mark as to whether or not we're going to get there, Basin Onions. $2 million. Um, you got to pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567 because whatever you donate, whatever you donate... It's going to be tripled, man. <laughs> it's going to be tripled. How sweet is that? That's it's a pretty good deal. Let me just hit pause here for a second. What does that say about this community if legitimately $2 million is raised this week? Yeah. I mean, just think deal. about that. Like, that's You're talking about the number one radio give-a-thon in the country yeah. if you're going to hit that mark. Number one. And that's exactly what we're going for. We want to be number one six zero two nine three three four five six seven. The reason we are going for that is numbers like this. This is just today at PCH three hundred thirty nine total inpatient uh, right now. Forty seven kids in the cardiovascular ICU right now. Twenty seven babies in the NICU. Twenty two kids in the PICU. Eighty five kids in the emergency department right now over at PCH. The place is huge. It has run extremely well. They they have all these different programs, over 70 programs to help rehab uh, children. You know, you have the one darn cool school to try and get them ready for school when they're getting back out of this. All these different things, but most of them are funded through philanthropy. It's incredible. It truly is right now. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. I mean, it costs $2.6 million per day to operate Phoenix Children's. Place is huge. You can see it. You can see it from the 51. Obviously, I think everybody knows. I mean, you're talking about one of the the preeminent children's hospitals in the country, in the world. We're talking about one of the best. And uh, But they need your help, certainly. And we're trying to uh, to hit $2 million for the week. It is time now for another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. Katie was just a normal little kid who loved to play and loved to get special treats from Starbucks. But she suddenly developed a super aggressive cancer tumor that turned her life and her family's life upside down. Doctors gave Katie a 20 percent chance of survival. She was transferred to PCH and their oncology department. Katie's mom decided that in the face of such a very grave prognosis for her daughter, she was going to spend what time she had left with her in the best way that she could. Thanks to the staff at PCH. This is Katie's story. Katie, what was so unusual about Katie was uh, her, I guess, different. Um, It was like she knew 
knew this was coming or it felt like she was prepared. She'd come home on a Friday from school and told her mom that she couldn't pee. Took her to a, another local hospital and they were able to catheter and get her cleaned out and said didn't know what was happening. Two o'clock in the morning, Katie comes in the bedroom and says, I gotta go bad and I can't go. Had to run her down, back down to the hospital. Finally, they got her an, a visit to PCH that day. You know, doctor came out and he was white as a sheet and said they found a tumor. And that's when our our world started getting changed and being turned upside down. When you cry. Rhabdomyosarcoma cancer. 20% chance of survival. Pushed us across the driveway in the PCH. From then on, man, that's uh, that was our new home. Along with the doctor's help, she just uh, carried on with life and made a lot of trips to Starbucks. She got fluid in the lungs and got drained and then... And her doctor came out and told us that the cancer was taking over the lungs, that it was everywhere in there, and just that she maybe had three weeks. We get out of the hospital and on hospice. Her mom had a talk with it said, Katie, you know, there's this place called Ryan House. She said, no, I don't want to go. You know, I don't want you to go there either, but in these last days, I don't want to be your nurse. I just want to be your mom. This is where she passed away at, in that room. And, uh, best thing we ever did for her because, because my wife was able to just be mom. We're really thankful for the people at PCH were indebted to that hospital. Would they do anything to help? Yeah, that one there, that one there pretty much sums it up. That is Katie's story right there. Um, Luke, did you want to say something? Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to focus on some of the names. I just got some more names of people that have called in to make donations. It is a triple match Friday. You just heard Katie's story. That 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 one gets you. Um, and, and there's a lot of them that get you. We've played a lot of them uh, this week. And um, thanks to people like Leah from Scottsdale who called in, donated 500 bucks. Again, remember, all these numbers are going to get tripled thanks to Valley Hyundai dealers. So 500 is going to become 1500 Christina from Levine, $240. Gordon from Phoenix. 
Phoenix 250, Derek from Chandler 500, Merle from Chandler 480, Joe from Mesa 240, Jerry from Snowflake 240, Martin from Peoria 240, Marilyn from Tempe 1000, John from Cave Creek 2000, Ron from Scottsdale 260, Jeff from Phoenix 500. That's not all the names, Wolf. That's just some of the ones I have in front of me. Uh, the people around this community, that's not just Phoenix, obviously, I mean, Snowflake in there, um, but uh, from this state, just rallying around having some of the best pediatric care in the country right here in our own backyard. It costs money, obviously, to keep that going at that high of a level, and people are really coming through today. Yeah, no, that is awesome right there. 602-933-4567. You become a champion of hope by donating $20 a month. You can do that monthly, of course. You can do that as a one-time payment of $240 because of the triple match, the music you're hearing right now. Thank you so much to Valley Hyundai dealers. Thank you so much for providing us with this triple match. Your your donation is going to be tripled today at 602-933-4567. Oh my goodness. Katie's story, one of the more powerful stories you're ever going to want to hear. And man, when you think about that story, all you think about is her mom saying, I didn't want to I didn't want to be her nurse. I wanted to be her mom. Man, that is strength is what it is. 602-933-4567. This is what happens at Phoenix Children's. We've got a rally around at Phoenix Children's, rally around our families and the children of this state at 602-933-4567. Yeah, it shouldn't be too much to ask to be able to just be the mom and not have to be the nurse. You can become a champion of hope, $20 a month. Not only will a bear be delivered in your name to a patient at Phoenix Children's on the train Teddy Bear Express, you'll also receive your choice of a free kids pass to the Wildlife World Zoo or a free polish and shine wash from Cobblestone Auto Spa. When we come back, we'll get back into sports. This is Tom Brady second-guessing his return. We'll go through the weird in Tampa Bay and some other stories around the National Football League. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show. We have kind of left the Tom Brady story on the back burner here for a little bit, Wolf, just because it's Brady. Brady gets talked about so much. He's been getting talked about so much for two decades now, and, and, you know, fairly so. But this is getting kind of weird, isn't it, in Tampa Bay? Yes. It went from like, oh yeah, Brady's going to miss some time, to oh yeah, no, we, we already scheduled this missed time, to now you have Todd Bowles saying, yeah, we don't really know when he's coming back. When are you expecting to come back? When is the day when he's supposed to return We'll see. We'll talk about it next week. Um, not concerned about it right now. We're trying to practice against Tennessee and play a game. I said sometime after Tennessee, there's no definitive date for me, but we'll check on it and we'll keep in touch and we'll find out. Man, I read that quote today. Yeah. And my heart really kind of sound. Really? Because, yeah. I. How often does this happen in any professional football player's career where you miss time in training camp, let alone Tom Brady? What 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 is going on? Uh, this is something that's got to be of a personal nature. 
Yeah, I mean Brady is is notorious for you know let's let's work extra, guys. Not not let's miss time. Let's uh, yeah we're supposed to leave at five. Let's actually stay till ten tonight and keep working on stuff. I mean that's partially why Tom Brady is as good as he is and has had the success that he has had. But you know they've said I'm trying to find the exact line, but they've they've said that um. It's it's not it's not like somebody's sick or anything. It's not anything so like Rick that. So Rick Stroud, the Buccaneers beat writer, long time said that Brady and his family are in good health, and very little is yeah, known about the reasoning behind his prolonged absence. But he and his family are okay. Yeah, you know what? That's great. It's, it's in great good health, uh, and and that's you know you always get nervous speculating about stuff when it's like okay, this could be something serious. It sounds like it isn't something serious. It sounds like something else is going on. So. <laughs> And you're Brady, so that opens the door for speculation because you did retire and then unretire since the last time you played a football game. Well, listen, you don't miss training camp. You don't miss training camp. It's got to be something serious. You don't you don't miss training camp because of some trivial thing that is happening in your life. I I reject that openly. I have no idea why Tom Brady is is not here at training camp. But can I tell you right now, this does not happen. I don't even care if you're talking about a legend like Tom Brady. It does not happen. You don't have guys that stay away in training camp. Unless there's something that is going on. Now, once again, you can be in great health. Everything can be fine with your endorsements. But maybe, um, you know, listen, I don't even want to speculate. I don't want to do it. It just, when I read this, and especially the quote from Todd Bowles, knowing Toddy the way that I do, the whole we'll see, I... This this sounds like you know what he's going to miss more well, yeah, than I mean, what they even thought. Now you're now you're starting to talk like okay, is he going to miss all of camp? Is he going to actually miss regular season games? I mean, your mind wanders. You're right. You don't want to speculate too much into his personal life, but you don't just typically miss games. No, and this is not this is not Tom Brady seven years ago or something. This is Brady who just retired and unretired. So if you're a Buccaneers fan, are you wondering like so? Wait. Is he having second thoughts about the second thoughts? And maybe he should have. He does want to retire. Is our quarterback Blaine Gabbert? Like, that's. You've got a lot of players that have said they went to Tampa or came back or whatever because Brady's the quarterback. You would understand why the guy wins yeah. the Super Bowl every other year. This is this is becoming a much bigger story. You're talking about a team that is considered a Super Bowl favorite by a lot. Not yes. by me, but by a lot of people. And that goes right out the window if Tom Brady's not your quarterback. This is just so weird because you know how I feel about this. He should have retired. He should have retired. I, I, I was sure that he was going to retire, especially when he cited his family. This is something I have talked about. So I'm not just bringing it up now. I said he cited his wife and kids as to why he was retiring. And now all of a sudden you're coming back? Yeah, like what changed to get you to come back in the first place? So again, um, you know, we are left to, to speculate, and I really don't even want to do that. But you get my point. There's There's got to be something. Because Basinonians right now, the one thing, you just don't miss a week of training camp. Because you feel like missing a week of training camp. Because everything's okay. Everything's going to be fine. I'm just not going to... Let alone Tom Brady, who knows that better than anybody else. 
training camp is <laughs> it's go time. You've had the entire offseason. Yeah, and that's not for Brady to learn how to play quarterback. That's for everybody to get on. That's for Julio Jones to get on the same page with that's Tom Brady. That's for him to be Tom Brady. Uh Everybody saw Antonio Brown call out Tom Brady on Twitter, I'm assuming. Now, I haven't heard this clip, this response from Bart Scott, but Bart Scott usually delivers some. So this is in response to Antonio Brown. I guess if you haven't seen it real quick, let me read it. This is from, what, two days ago. Antonio Brown tweeting out, Tom Brady manipulates the game, gets 14 days, go home, get his mind right, LOL. Now you see the difference. And then some other stuff I can't say on the radio. So this is Bart Scott responding to that. This dude was starting to figure out that he thought his music career was going somewhere, hanging with Yeezy, being part of the Donda sport. Yep. He thought that was going to fulfill the, the the void that's left for him being able to go out there and do what he does best, does right. at a Hall of Fame level, and it's not. So now he's trying to make himself the story because nobody, everybody's forgetting about him. One thing that people forget about this league is the league will move on. The league has seen great players come and go. Players maybe not as good as him, but players you know definitely better than him. People forgot about Teal, forgot about Randy Moss. People forget about you after a while. People don't even know how great Barry Sanders was. So I think he's mm-hmm. figuring that out. That listen, they're going to go on to the next great talent. They're more enamored now with Jamar Chase, Jefferson, Hopkins, Michael yeah. Thomas. They're, listen, they'll forget about you quickly, man. If you ain't out there doing it and showing them and reminding them how great you are, they'll forget about you. They'll move on. They'll turn to another station. Now he's trying to be in the news. No, this football time, man. Go get ready for Coachella or something. Coachella's not till April, Bart. Come yeah, on. Bart, can't, wait. can't wait. Um, Do people really forget how good Barry Sanders was? I, I don't think so. I just yet. I saw a few. High, they had <laughs> highlights on Hard Knocks. Yeah, it's been another a, decade. I don't know, man. They just um, even the three minutes of highlights they showed on Hard Knocks. It's like, yeah, nobody has ever even tried to run like him because they can't. Yeah, this is just it, it is not good right here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Todd Bowles. I feel badly for Todd because once again, you, you got to feel really good about your team when you have Tom Brady. And now all of a sudden, here's Tom Brady who was going to retire, and now he's not retired and he came back and now all of a sudden he's leaving training camp. This is a massive distraction. It's not just a massive distraction for Todd Bowles. It's a massive distraction for every guy that is inside that locker room. It is. Now listen, Tom Brady has missed OTAs. OTAs in training camp, two completely different things. Make no mistake about that. That's why this is serious. Well, and don't pretend guys on that team aren't talking after practice, during practice. Totally. There is a difference between, you know, even let's use the Cardinals as an example. At the start of camp, hey, is Kyler going to get his contract or not? Okay, Kyler's getting his contract, right? He's going to play. He got the contract before camp even started. But a situation like if you're on Tampa Bay and you're like, um, is Tom Brady our quarterback or is Blaine Gabbert our quarterback? Yeah. Sorry, Blaine, but guys are talking. Kind of a big difference between those two. Yeah, what am I preparing for? Am I preparing for a Super Bowl run, or am I preparing for hopefully we can make a wild card spot? I mean, that's that's this is one of the few players where the the change is so dramatic if he's not on your team. And as it stands, he is currently still on the team, but we are clearly not getting the whole story here. Why did he retire? Why did he unretire? And why is he missing now? I just want to emphasize that point right there we're talking about tom brady this guy understands what's at stake he's he's been one of the hardest workers in the history of mankind and you're gonna tell me he's gonna walk out and it's no big deal 
Yeah, it is. It's very out of character for Brady, so you figure something's actually got to be up. Uh, all right, we come back. Justin Pugh gave us a hint as to what the Cardinals' identity might be on offense this season. We'll see if you agree or not. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.